be close, close to your side, so heaven is real, and death is a lie, born here for of angels above, singing as one. There is no power in hell 
Well, good morning, and uh, thank you for joining us online again this morning. I hope you've had a great week. Uh, let me pray for us as we start. Father, we just give this time over to you, and uh, I pray that you'll speak to each of us and, and uh, that we will just listen to what you have to say to us today. In your name we pray. Amen. We're wrapping up our series called You Can Do It uh, with a message called Be a Good Neighbor, and we're in week 22 of our overall Core 52 series, and, and for the last few weeks of the, the core concepts have uh, come from the Sermon on the Mount from Matthew 5 through 7, and as Jesus taught the people who were gathered there, uh, they all realized that there was something about his teaching that, that was unlike any teaching they had ever heard before. And there was just something different about this man. In, in fact, at the end of, of the sermon, in, in chapter 7, verse 28 and 29, it says, When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, because he taught as one who had authority, not as their teachers of the law. They were amazed at his teaching. And, and I can just imagine the discussions that broke out among the people when he was done on their way home or in their houses that night, I'm sure there was some excitement among the people, some questions, maybe some ridicule, uh, maybe some debate, maybe even some anger, but everybody was amazed, and, and they were deeply impacted by his words. And one of the key concepts during his teaching time, we now call the golden rule. And, and almost everybody has heard some form of this, even if they don't realize it's from the Bible, but it comes from Matthew 7, 12. It's the core verse of the week. And, and it says, whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. In Luke 6, 31, Luke records a little simpler version of this teaching. Do to others as you would have them do to you. It's the same idea. It seems so simple, yet it is so profound. And, and notice that this involves action. Okay, it involves doing it. It is active, not passive. And this is a little different way than, than what the way it has been presented throughout history. And, and I'll show you how it is different in a minute. But this isn't strictly a Christian idea. This is a humanity idea. But, but the way Jesus presents this, when truly followed, changes humanity. And, and you can say this to almost anyone and they would agree with it. This isn't a, a controversial type topic. Nobody has a problem with this idea, but truly putting it into practice is a whole different thing, though. But if you look throughout history, uh, you can. You can see various versions of the same teaching, and you'll see this in the chapter this week, um, but different people in history have said similar things. Confucius is believed to have said, do not do to others what you would not wish done to yourself. And, and that would have been hundreds of years before Jesus. When asked to describe the entirety of Jewish law, the great Jewish rabbi Hillel said, what is hateful to you, do not to your neighbor. Th that is the whole Torah, while the rest is the commentary. In the 400-year period between the, the last book of the Old Testament, Malachi, and the first book of the New Testament, Matthew, there was a book written called Tobit, and it's part of the Roman Catholic Bible, and it said, what you hate do not do to anyone. So the twist here is that, that all of these are some form of, of do not do to others. Um, they're all presented in, in kind of a, a negative way. The, these thoughts have, have been referred to as the silver rule. In the silver rule, you can actually do nothing 
and, and follow the command. Okay, just don't do anything bad to other people and you're good to go. Uh, you can sit there in silence and stay away from people and you're okay. Um, it's like a parent saying, do not touch your brother. Uh, and you're in the car driving along and, and don't make me stop this car. I'll come back there and stop the car. You don't want me to do that. But Jesus comes along and changes up what, what seems like a, a very small way, but it's actually a huge way. And Jesus changes it to say, do to others what you would have them do to you. Okay, there's action involved. It, it, it involves doing. So if you're not doing anything, you're actually not following the golden rule. Jesus calls for action. Do you see the, the subtle but, but huge difference? It seems small, but, but this difference is actually game-changing. And, and so we're going to talk this morning about what doing to others, what we'd want them to do to us, really looks like when it's lived out and, and uh, we allow it to shape us. Isn't it wonderful when somebody does something special for you or, or they treat you well or they honor you and respect you or they, they help you or, or just love on you? It feels really good, doesn't it? That's the golden rule. You're, you're doing to other people you know, what you would want them to, to do to you. And so let's break this down a little bit in a more practical way. How do you live out the golden rule? So first of all, you do what God's word says to do. Okay, probably the, the most practical book in the New Testament is the, the book of James. And uh, I, I love the book of James. James was probably a brother of Jesus. And, and it's just full of teachings on what it looks like to, to live out your faith. And James isn't afraid to, to hit us right between the eyes. Okay, he doesn't beat around the bush. He, he doesn't use a, a lot of flowery words. He, he's kind of like a, a coach pushing and, and prodding his team. And it's basically a book that is saying, if, you, if you're going to be a Christian, then, then you need to act and, and live like a Christian. You need to live out your faith. It's an action-oriented book. It, it's all about doing, just like Jesus talks about doing in the Golden Rule. And so let me give you a few examples of what doing looks like from the book of James. In James 1.22, it says, Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. And you, you know, you can read God's word, you can hear God's word preach, you can study God's word, but if it never leads to doing, then James says something's missing. You're fooling yourself. You're, you're just kind of going through the motions of being a Christian. Moving down to chapter 2, there's a, a whole discourse on faith and deeds and, and, and matching them together. Beginning in, in 14, it says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and, and daily food. It, it, if one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. So James goes as far as, far to say, as to say, if you aren't doing anything with your faith, then, then you don't really have a genuine faith. And doing can mean a lot of different things for different people, okay? Uh, we need to keep that in mind. This might mean taking time to just listen to somebody who needs to talk. It might mean praying for someone. It doesn't always mean buying stuff for, for people, but, but it does always involve action. And then moving down to chapter 3, James 3.13 says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds 
done in the humility that comes from wisdom. Okay, deeds done in humility. And the deeds aren't done to get attention or, or to be noticed. They're done in humility. But these deeds show wisdom and understanding about what faith is all about. So do you see the pattern here? Our faith is meant to be active. So first of all, how do you live out the golden rule? You, you do what God says to do. You know, he's given us a, a blueprint for what this looks like in his word. But blueprints for a house, you know, they're, they're meant to turn into a real house, right? Not to just to look at. Following God's word is meant to turn into real actions. And then secondly, you, to live out the golden rule, you need to follow Jesus' command to spread the gospel. Right before Jesus left this world, he, he had his disciples gather on a mountainside and he, he gave them some final instructions. And, and it was kind of like he was saying, guys, okay, I'm getting ready to leave. Uh, here's what I want you to, to do when I go. Here, here's what I want you to remember. And then, then listen to what he said. It's Matthew 28, 19 and 20. We call it the Great Commission. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Okay, he didn't say, okay, guys, sit around and, and don't do anything and, and try not to mess things up. Okay, he gave them kind of three actions here. He said, go. And make disciples, he, he said to, to baptize, and, and then he said to teach. Okay, do you see the actions here? Go out and make other followers of me. If you really believe in me and you're glad you follow me, go tell people about me. Okay, duplicate yourselves, and, and I will be with you, he says. I won't be here physically, but I'll be with you. And then to live out the golden rule, the third thing is that you need to allow it to change your outlook on life. Okay, how, how can this, the golden rule change us? Well, I think it can change us from being me-centered to other-centered. It says do to others, okay? In a world that says get ahead and, and push and shove yourself to the front of the line, do whatever it takes, Jesus says put others first. Make it about others, not about yourself. Serve others. And that is what he did. And, and to be honest, this whole concept of a, a servant king was hard for the Jewish people to accept. Even the disciples struggled with this, what this looked like. You know, they were busy jockeying to see who would get to sit next to God in heaven. And, and when Jesus tried to wash their feet, they just couldn't understand this concept. Why would our, our leader be washing our feet? This doesn't make sense. But the idea of the golden rule can change your whole view on life. As a church, we're trying to model this attitude of, of doing for others as well. And we want to keep growing in this. Um, but one of the ways that we do this is through our dollar club. And if you're new to us, we, we encourage people to give an extra dollar a week or more. And, and we just take that money and look for ways to be blessing, uh, to be a blessing to people who have needs. And, and we've given away thousands of dollars over the years. And just to update you guys on a few ways we've been able to use some of that money recently. A couple weeks ago, we became aware of a, a family that was struggling with food. And they had a big family and just weren't going to have a way to get food for about a week. And, and we were able to help restock their pantry with money from the Dollar Club. 
Another family that we became aware of has, has been going through a really tough time, and they didn't have a lawnmower to, to mow their yard. Uh, so we were able to purchase them a, a new push lawnmower and a, a gas can full of gas with money from the Dollar Club. And, and they were so thankful. And just this week, one of our members had a connection to a family whose trailer home burned down. And we were able to give them a $250 gift card to Walmart to help them buy some of the basic necessities to get back on their feet. Jesus said, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And so our goal is to be outward focused as a church, not inward focused. We, we gather together as a church family, but overall the church needs to be about going and doing. And then finally, to live out the golden rule, you need to let it change your heart. Here we go again. I know, t talking about the heart like I've been bringing up every week for the last few weeks, and, and, and it may get old to some of you, but, but it is so important. Um, I remember going to Iowa State football games as a kid, and, and for a while they had a coach named Donnie Duncan. And, and Iowa State wasn't very good at the time. Um, well, most of my childhood, they weren't very good, but that's another story. But Donnie liked to run the ball up the middle a lot. And, and it wasn't very creative sometimes, and a lot of times it didn't work. And there was this fan that sat in front of us that loved to yell, Turn the page, Donnie! And, and so he yelled that all the time. And, and it, it was his way of saying, turn the page in the playbook over to a new play that works, or a different play. And, and this fan would say this over and over. And I, I wanted to say, turn the page, buddy, and come up with a new comment, but... But I didn't. I was young. But changing the heart is an area that Jesus brought up over and over because it is so important. And I, and I keep talking about the heart because that is the core of what Jesus was talking about in the Sermon on the Mount. It's about changing from the inside. You know, at Fur Road, we, we prayed for over a year for baby Reed Gorham and his heart. And he had a very sick heart, and it was getting more urgent over time. And he had some pretty close calls along the way. But then several months ago, he finally got his heart transplant, and it was successful. And, and, and he has a new healthy heart now, and, and so far he's doing great, and, and we're so thankful about that. But you know, sometimes people need another kind of heart transplant. They, they need a spiritual heart transplant. You see, in, in our sinful nature, we're pretty selfish. And we don't really want to, to do for others, we want to to do for ourselves first and foremost. But we need a spiritual change of heart, and that only comes through Jesus. And, and Jesus speaks to this in, in many ways in the Sermon on the Mount, and, and, and that's what the, the Beatitudes were all about in, in chapter 5. And, and, and that's why he said several times in chapter 6, you, you know, you've heard it said, but I say this. And, you know, whatever the example was, being angry with someone, it, it's actually like you're murdering them in your heart, or, or lusting after another one is, is actually like committing adultery. Or, or, you know, instead of hating your enemy, love your enemy and, and pray for those who persecute you. He, he wants us to go deeper. Listen to, to 1 John 4, 7 through 9. He says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. 
doing to others what you would have them do to you. It's a love thing. It's a heart thing. And and if you aren't loving others, then it's basically saying we, we don't truly know God because God is love. And he showed us that love through Jesus. Now, I want to give you a little bit of a warning this morning. Okay, maybe you think to yourself, okay, I, I, I want to do a better job of this. I, I'm ready to start stepping up in my faith. Here's the deal. You will probably get taken advantage of at times when you put yourself out there. And, and the people you're helping might not reciprocate your action. In, in fact, they probably won't. And they might even try to take advantage of you. And and you don't have to to be a doormat to be be walked on. That's not what I'm saying. But sometimes you'll have to remind yourself that that you aren't doing it so people will do good things for you in return. That's missing the point. You're doing for others what you would like them to do for you, but but that doesn't mean that they will, okay? Um, You're doing it for Jesus. You're doing it to live out your faith. You know, immediately after Jesus gives the golden rule in Luke 631, uh, move to verse 32, it says, If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And, and if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And this is hard to, to help people and love people who might not love you in return. I get that. It's hard for me too but we need to rest in the comfort that we're following what God wants us to do. Our theme verses for a long time as a church here at Fur Road have come from Matthew 22, 37 through 39. And I want to read those. I want to go back and, and include a couple more verses from that passage as well. Starting in verse 34, it says, Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Okay, Jesus is saying that it starts with your love for God. Okay, he has loved us unconditionally, and he deserves our love. So first of all, we should love God from the very depths of of who we are you know we should love God more than than anything else but then that love should spread to others okay that that love should overflow to those around us and we have shortened these two ideas uh, to loving God and loving people we believe that God's love for us involves action and our love for him and for others should involve action as well we want to be all about loving God and loving people and so I want to share just a couple illustrations that I came across of what this looks like. Kids can be the best kind of neighbors, as shown by six-year-old Blake Rajon. For his big first day of school, his mother, Nikki, offered to make him a t-shirt with anything on it he liked. She assumed it would have something to do with basketball or football or some other sport, uh, but his request surprised her. After thinking on it, Blake asked her for a shirt that said, I will be your friend. He explained, it is for all the kids who need a friend to know that I am here for them. While most kids are worried about themselves, feeling lonely at school, Blake was thinking of his neighbors. Another example of being a a good neighbor 
Kalen Smith had been in foster care since age two until a judge sent him back to live with his mom when he was 17. When his mom kicked him out of the house, he spent winter nights sleeping in a park while trying to finish high school. Smith had no bed, no documents, no shower, and no food. He went back to his old neighborhood and, and, and knocked on the door of Brooke Wilton, hoping to get something to eat. But she didn't just give him a meal and send him on his way. She took him into her home where he had warm food and a roof over his head. She also set him up with the, the church down the street, which helped him find a job and, a, and apply for a social security card. Brooke has been my backbone. She's my mother figure now. Beautiful stories of doing to others what you would want them to do to you. Now, I want us to remember that being a good neighbor and helping others is not what saves us. Okay, our actions don't save us. Our actions are evidence of our faith that saves us. So we need to keep that in mind. And whatever we do, the goal is always to point people towards Jesus. Okay, we want, to, we want Jesus to shine through us. We want people to, to see Jesus in us. And if they aren't followers of Christ, that, that should be our ultimate goal. goal. And so what I, would, I would challenge everyone this week to allow this message of the golden rule to, to sink deeply into to your hearts and, and overflow in big ways through your actions. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the example of Jesus. And we thankful, we're thankful that we can look at, at your love and see what that looks like. And I pray um, that we can have this attitude of just loving others, caring for others, serving others, taking care of others, and, and, and help us to know what that looks like for each of us in our lives and, and the people that we can influence for you. Uh, give us strength to do that, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen. As we enter into a time of taking the Lord's Supper this morning, I want to remind us that there's another m amazing story of, of doing unto others in the Bible. Um, it's a story that actually leads to death. And, and I mentioned earlier that the good things we do for others isn't always reciprocated. And that was definitely the case for Jesus. You know, Jesus lived a life of, of helping others. He, he healed the sick. He, he fed people miraculously. He spent time with the outcasts of society. He didn't worry about social norms. He, he just loved on people. And he did all of this knowing that one day the people would turn on him. I want to read Romans 5, 6 through 8. And it, it just reminds us of, of how amazing Jesus' sacrifice was for us. It says, it says this, You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Wow. And this blows me away to, to think about. God's love for us runs deeper than any love we could ever imagine. And so this morning, as we partake of the bread and the juice, the, the bread to, to symbolize his body that was beaten and the, and the juice to, to symbolize his blood that was shed, let, let's remember this amazing sacrifice he's made for us. So let's, let's take a few moments right now to, to remember Jesus, and then we'll, we'll take the, the bread and juice together in a moment.
the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's pray one more time. Thank you, God, for your love for us that was so deep that you died for us. There's no greater sacrifice that, that you can make. And we just say thank you this morning, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, I want to thank you again for joining us this morning. Uh, as of today, we're meeting back together at the church building as well. And we'd love to have you join us there uh, sometime when you're ready. And, um, but we want to give that invite to you. We'll have two services at 9 and 10.30 each week right now. So right now we're going to sing a, another song uh, to continue our worship, but have a great week and, and God bless. darkness my god that is who you are you are way make miracle work promise keep light in the darkness my god that is who you are you are here touching every heart worship you Worship you. you are here, healing every heart. I worship you. I worship you. Oh, you are here, Ooh, turning lives around. I worship you. I 
stop working even when I don't see it you're working even when I can't feel it you're working never stop never stop working never stop never stop working even when I don't see it you're working even when I don't feel it you're working you never stop you never stop working you never stop you never stop working Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Rainmaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Oh, you are. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. Who you are. 